bananas. Welcome in to another episode of what is now the 17th installment of the Nile Land. Uh, today, we're going to discuss a few things about education. If you've listened to the show previously, me and John Sokol have been on here discussing higher education, but today we're going to put a new twist in the education background of the show. Uh, we're going to chit-chat with a first-year teacher, um, the beautiful, always compassionate, kind, and tender-loving Miss Amanda. She's been a member of our live audience uh, the last two or three episodes. It was three. Three? I think. You're not, you have to, you can't whisper. <coughs> oh, don't do that. Sorry. You don't, you can't whisper there, sweetheart. Okay, sorry. That's still, you're still whispering. That's whispering? That's speaking volume right okay. there. Okay, perfect. This is uh, a new experience for you. Are you nervous? Yeah. Why are you nervous? I don't know. You know, I don't like to talk. Well, I'm going to ask you some things about things that you talk about all the time. And I want you to talk to me about them and then have other people kind of hear about it so they kind of understand what's going on with you. So you're a first-year teacher in an elementary position uh, in Ocean County, New Jersey. Yes. So we're not going to go into any kind of deep diving specifics for the, the sake of uh, job security and safety. But I do want to know what your experience has been like as someone coming right out of the gate, right out of college. You've been very fortunate to this point where you finished your education at a prestigious uh, institution and you walked away from your time in college. Well, actually, you did extra college. Yes. To get After doing subbing, long-term subbing. So you were a long-term sub? Yeah. And what was your extra college like? Um, <laughs> it was terrible because it was during COVID. It was all online during summer program, so it was... I'm trying to think of how long it was. May to August. I don't know how long. No. But it was it was all amidst COVID. Mm -hmm. And this was for your college, edu your college stuff. Yes. So Early it, childhood. Was it weird that you like got hit with the COVID as a student and now you're a teacher teaching students in COVID? Yeah, because I know it was terrible teach learning from COVID and now I'm teaching through COVID. And I'm in college, so that was hard for me to do it. So to imagine elementary kids doing it isn't awesome. Right. I would like to think that um, elementary kids have a pretty you know, native understanding of technology. Um, <laughs> maybe not at that age, but I feel like that generation, they definitely have more of a fluid understanding of, you know, what happens on the computer as opposed to, you know, people our parents' age or whatever. Yes. Um, I mean, like, I would say, like, 98% of the kids know, and then, like, the other two have no idea how to type or how to work things. So they're still working it out. Yes. So what... um. What are you doing? What? How does this work? How does I'm I'm Sal and I'm sending my my young elementary school student to your school and you're their teacher. Walk me through a day in the life for you. Well, it's like college because they have a bunch of cohorts. So there's three cohorts, not What's every cohort? school. So it's like a group of kids who are all on the same teams who come in the same days. So you have three different teams. The first one is Mondays and Wednesdays. The second team is Tuesdays and Thursdays, and then the third one just stays home virtually all week. Okay. They get to choose their 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 fate uh, this year? They get to choose whether they want to come into the class or if they want to be a virtual. Okay. So they don't get to choose exactly which team, but... But they get to choose if they're going to stay home or if they're going to yes. be virtual. Um, you think everybody should be in school? 
my honest opinion, no. In because your personal it, opinion? I would say no because I feel like the kids who are in school don't really get a relationship with the kids that are home. So you think they should kind of just kind of scrub it and have everybody do yes. virtual until a time where they can safely have everyone return to the classroom, you know, in a, in a way that resembles some normalcy. Yes. This is an interesting thing, too, because I listen to a lot of talk radio when I'm, like, driving around in the car. And um, in New Jersey, there are a lot of talking heads that feel that schools should just be reopened and that young kids aren't um, as susceptible to COVID. And they have all these very strong opinions about a disease that maybe they don't understand because none of us really understand what the situation is. Like, Mm -hmm. you and I were quarantined together for a duration during the spring mm-hmm. um, when co- the COVID outbreak first started. You can cough. You're human. It's okay. I know. This goddamn fly flying around <laughs> in front of me, I swear to God. Um, so, you know, it was, a, it, was a, it was a frightening time when people thought, you know, if you have a pre-existing condition, you get sick, you know, you're going to be on a ventilator in a hospital somewhere. Mm-hmm. And I think that was really, really <clears> frightening, <throat> especially for you because of yes. the situation at home. You yes. have two people in your home who... Could not survive with COVID. Right. Most likely. So you had to be very particular about <clears throat> what you were doing and where you were going and how you were how yes. you were doing things. Yes. Okay. Still now, even though I'm in a school. <laughs> so the cohorts. <clears throat> yes. Two cohorts and then an online. Uh... The virtual kids only. Okay. Which it makes sense because usually the virtual kids only have like parents who are also working remote. So it just makes sense for them. So they're all that. just kind of hanging out at home yes. together. Yeah. I mean, that makes it easy for everybody. Yeah. Because that's a big thing, too, is like, what, what happens to the kids who, uh, this, is a, this is a broad generalization. I know. I'm not asking say. about a particular student that mm-hmm. you may have. But um, what happens to all the kids out there in the world who don't have a parent home working remotely to kind of, uh, kind of guide and direct them mm-hmm. each and every day? I think that's something that people are not uh, empathetic to or as as empathetic as they should be because I remember as a kid growing up I was not a good student <laughs> <laughs> I was not a very good student in um especially in elementary school I was really kind of just fumbling and bumbling around and that kind of continued has continued <laughs> into the rest of my life but um I don't if I was at home um I would have been very very distracted um, you know, I, I'll oh, yeah. find a way to play with the paint on the wall if I really don't want to do something that's put in front of me. So, you know, I'm interested about to, to know about what those families' challenges are. I mean, that's the only reason why I wouldn't say all virtual because it's not fair to the kids whose parents aren't home that they would just be sitting home and struggling through school. But so for those of you who went to college and had hybrid classes... Did you enjoy your hybrid classes when you were in college? They were the easiest classes I took. But like being home, how difficult was it to do that? I wasn't home when I did my classes. No? I was. I lived on campus. Oh, that's true. Right. So it was a little easier for you. I would not have wanted to be home doing college. That's why I lived on campus. Yeah. I probably wouldn't have finished college if (laughs) I had to be home during the time that I was in college. Yes. Especially, that's part of the reason I chose to go to Stockton. I'm sure we touched on this um, when um, I talked to John. Part of the reason I chose to go to Stockton and live there not only was because of the effortless convenience of making the decision. John was my RA, so it was really simple for me to say, hey, John, do you think it's okay if I can secure housing? And at the time, there was a, there was a lack of housing. Kids wanted to move in, and he was like, well, you know what, dude? 
don't even worry about it. <laughs> and uh, to this day, I'm still sleeping on John's couches. Um, you know, <laughs> just just, <laughs> just in different places. <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah. Because that's basically the idea of the classes is that it's hybrid. But think of first, second, and third graders taking hybrid classes where on Mondays they're in school, on Tuesdays they're sitting on a computer at home. Are they like pretty well behaved? I mean. On a scale, on a sliding scale, one to ten? Yes, but like when they're home, it's very easy to get distracted or they want to talk to the friend who they haven't seen because they're at home and their friend is in school. So when they meet with each other, when we're supposed to be learning, they just want to talk to each other and hang out. And isn't that kind of the way it is, though, always? Like, yes. I, you know, imagine when you were in school, the same kind of situation. You, I remember I had a friend when I was in elementary school. We were nightmares together. <laughs> um, <laughs> Vince Chiara, if he's listening, he and I were, were very, were two peas in a pod. And we, all, we, all we had to do was look at each other across the <laughs> classroom, and we laughed at each other. And it just, it was the... It had to be the most frustrating thing in the world for a teacher. I know. I have that, and I think it's hilarious. And now, now as an adult, <laughs> I can sympathize with my erratic behavior because – or with the teacher because of my erratic behavior because we would he, – he was a lot smarter than me. He is doing wonderful things now. Uh, last I heard, he was in the medical field or he was aspiring to be in the medical field, and I'm doing a podcast in my dad's dining room. Um, <laughs> yeah. So um, good for him. Uh, <laughs> But we were a menace to the mm-hmm. society of the third grade classroom with Mrs. Shaw in, L- in LCA. And it's funny because years went by and I walked into Southern Regional Middle School one day as a substitute teacher. So the shoe was on the other foot. And lo and behold, who walks into the office behind me to substitute that day is my third grade teacher, Mrs. Shaw. Has no idea who I am, looks at me twice and kind of gives me a funny look. Who's this big giant guy standing in front of me? He's so young. Why is he a teacher? And then she kind of quietly leaves the room. She so, definitely remembered you. I, I don't need her to remember me. <laughs> she she uh, definitely did. And she was like, nope, I'm not going to even acknowledge it. She was a real She was a real accuser. Mm-hmm. She didn't like that I was uh, had a personality. I probably should have been on stage at a young age based on my <laughs> behavioral uh, patterns at that school. Um, and... Uh, I was a whistler. Yeah, you got in trouble for that. Yep. And, but you didn't um, whistle that time. No, friend, friends of the podcast, longtime friends, uh, Hannah Hutton. She, <laughs> she uh, years, literally <clears throat> years went by. And she, this, our senior year of high school, she admitted to me that in third grade, she was the whistler. <laughs> and I was, I was not to be blamed for this whistling <laughs> incident that lost the class at the pizza party. I remember you telling me that story. Yeah, it's a nightmare. That was like two years ago that she told you. Yeah, and now she's married and beautiful, beautiful child, beautiful husband. <laughs> Crazy. The whistler. The whistler is still out there. It's okay. Yeah. All is forgiven. <laughs> but again, though, you know, was, was the precautions that they took in these districts that you're familiar with, were they enough, do you think? Um, I would say yes. I mean, it's not easy for the teachers, but it's the safest for the kids. And, and have you had any cases in your school at all? No. No? And I know they've had cases elsewhere yes. in New Jersey, and I'll, I have no problem giving away the names of, of schools that are... I know one. Barnegat High School had two cases mm-hmm. already, a student and a teacher. Yeah. And I know there was one other, one other school that had it as well, but actually I don't remember. Southern. Southern had one. Mm-hmm. So local schools near us, yes. you know, literally towns apart, 
mm-hmm. with COVID cases, which is, you know, a concern. They've which, talked about it already. Like, what happens if we end up? Now, what is, do like you know? What they, do with, what do they do with those kids? I mean, the kids. So the kids' temperature gets checked every morning before they like once they come off the bus. Temperature scanned. If it's a hundred, they get sent home immediately. Immediately. Same thing with the um, adults. If I were to go into work and I scanned as a hundred for my temperature, I would be sent home right away. So it's not even like like they're taking precautions for it. If it's ninety nine, they don't send you home, but they keep an eye on you all day and they constantly check your temperature for kids and adults. Anybody you're familiar with, young ones, have that situation happen or is every, everybody's doing well? No, everybody's doing well. Well, that's good. what you want to hear. They use hand sanitizer. They all are really good with that because we don't have like bathrooms in our room. So they're constantly using hand sanitizer. We're constantly cleaning down tables, constantly spraying stuff down. It, now, is it more of an, is it more, um, it's got to be more work for the teachers this year than it ever has been. It's double the work. Double the work. Because or you're, triple the work. How do you figure that? Because there's three teams. So if I'm teaching on Monday, I have team one, but I also have team two and three at home. So not only do I have to team, teach team one, but I also have to have the computer in front of me to teach team two and three. Then I have to check the kids in the classroom, and then when I go home, I have to check the kids at home. So there's a so lot, there's a lot, lot of, of moving yes. pieces happening all at the same time. Yes. And I think it's important that people who are not familiar with the education sector right now know that this is what their teacher is probably going through because I feel like um, as a parent, you know, Mm -hmm. if anybody who's listening is a parent or is a a brother or an older brother or an older sister, uh, uh, an aunt or an uncle who can be present with that young child during their day, um, the pressure that is, that you can alleviate from the teacher is tremendous. And by doing that, the, the kid's going to get a better shakedown mm-hmm. of education and the teacher's going to be able to educate each student better and be more attentive because there's less to worry about um, more broadly across mm-hmm. those three, what's that big word you used? Um, cohorts. Cohorts. Yeah. Love that. Love <laughs> a cohort. I don't know what a, a what, that's, what is a cohort. Cohorts is like, so if you I graduated. I want to know where the word comes from. What do you mean? I'm going to fact check myself. It's more of like a college term. Like I graduated with a cohort of students. So it's the same Ancient case. Roman military unit comprising of <laughs> six centuries equal to one-tenth of a legion. A group of people banded together or treated as a group. Okay, there we go. It's according to uh, Webster. The Webster. Marion Webster. So Big it's guy. difficult Great to guy. have those three, those three cohorts, but then also to tell them that you're one team. So they, they have to... They have to feel as though they're all One. in it together, but yes. they're really split into threes. Yes. What do you I think? mean, I try not to do that because it's difficult to, but like when the kids are in class on Mondays through Friday or Monday through Thursday, it's hard for the kids who are sitting at their seats to see the kids on the computers. Like you can't have them on their computer in the classroom joining into our Google meet because then it makes this terrible sound. What is the, and it's uh, awful. What is, what is the technology uh, hurdle been like? <laughs> Every day is an obstacle. I know. I know that a lot of the, um, I know that a lot of teachers who are more traditional are having a hard time, and this is something yes. that I know from my own experience, um, chit-chatting with other folks, as well. Um, is it easier? You you have a, um, a like a, a what do you call? It? You got a, a award. Yes. Tell Best me, use tell of me technology. What'd you do for that? So I was teaching about. This was during what your was student teaching. Yes. 
Okay. So it was like a year ago, less than a year ago or something like that. It was teaching about firefighters, and it was, and now I'm going to forget the name of it. Yes, it was like the infrared machines that they use to see where the fire is. It's an infrared camera, right? Yes. Essentially. So we use a program on the computer where they can actually use the infrared camera to find dogs and kids and And much different things on the computer. Yeah. And what? How? How did you apply that in the classroom? So we talked about it. We read a story about infrared lights and the machines, and then on the screen we brought up an infrared, like an example of one. Right. And each kid brought came up and scanned the machine to find different things in a house that's very cool yes that's a very engaging lesson i feel like for young kids that's really thinking out of the box to grab their attention and make them feel like what they're learning is worthwhile and didn't you also get firefighters to come in and hang out and chit chat with the kids um i had them write letters to letters, a right, fire right, right. department in town and then they wrote back to the kids that's awesome and i couldn't get them leave for lunch after that <laughs> <laughs> no but, but that's, yeah it's a good thing when you um, are able to put something together where the students are so engaged in it that they don't want to walk away from the, mm-hmm. from the, from the quote-unquote schoolwork. They don't feel like it's, it doesn't feel no. like schoolwork to them at the Which time. Which it's not supposed to. Plus, then they know like more about the community around them because that's, they don't really know. Like, right. Not all of them have seen firefighters or a fire truck or know things like that. And it's better for them to be comfortable so that they're not scared when they have like an incident. Right, God if forbid somebody a situation. Got, yeah. Right. So now they know what the machine is and they're not terrified. I feel like that's something important that schools do that yes. maybe I didn't experience. Like you, like when I was a kid, I had like the D.A.R.E. officer that came in twice mm-hmm. a year. But like I, there was really not a lot of familiarization with, you know, like community outlets and public ser- public call, I'll call them public services, firefighters, police mm-hmm. officers, you know, these kinds of things that you deal with once you get out of high school that are like, oh, they're, they can feel foreign to people sometimes. Um but that's awesome that you involved that them in that lesson. So I think mm. that's something that like it's better than teaching out of a book. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It's either you remember something from learning it out of a book or you remember something from experience. What kind of what kind of learner were you? <laughs> I'm very like hands-on visual learner. I I like that. And I most, feel like that's how I learn everything yes. too. I think they say like most kids in elementary they begin as hands-on learners and then they slowly either become Visual or tactile or, um, I'm not gonna or auditory learners. Auditory, okay. I feel like sound is a big part of uh, yes anything for me. The experience of listening to something, I gain more from that than sometimes like watching a movie or reading a book. I feel like uh, it's easier. Like I had to memorize Bible verses when I was in school. Every week <laughs> we had to memorize. Bible verses. And when I was in elementary school, I had to memorize all of Luke chapter 2. So the entire book of, the entire chapter of Luke 2. Luke 2, for a, for a third grader or a second grader, whatever I was, whatever grade I was in, she was thick. All right? <laughs> and I remember listening to it in the car on it. My mom bought, um, my mom had these tapes. They were cassette tapes. And it was literally oh every book of the Bible mm-hmm. in a cassette book and you'd put it in for each book and each chapter and you'd and I listened to it every single day on my way don't ask me to recite it to you now because I couldn't remember it but <laughs> but you know and they forget because they're on Google Meet that I can see them through the camera because I'm sharing my screen and they think that I can't see them but they're all making fun that it's like kitty songs and then next thing you know you play the song and they're begging you to play it more right. or they're dancing and it's a good time for them. Yes. And that's awesome because that's, you know, again, you want to incorporate that 
I don't know, that less like professional type Words. of education where it's like do a quiz on this day, do this on that day. Mm-hmm. You, know? you have to change it up. You can't just say open up a book. We're going to do page five. You know what we're going to do? We're going to change it up right now. We're going to take a quick break. It's Madeline. <laughs> have you been craving even more delusion? Have you ever asked yourself, what if delusional but sports? Have you ever purchased a soccer jersey designed after a banana? I have. If you've done all of these things, well, your niche is hell and this ad is reaching a very minimal audience. Even if you haven't, why not check out Footy Ado, considering you already made it this far? Our soccer podcast is full of delusions and sometimes even sounds like we know what we're talking about. It's an Iltaweight podcast that talks about European soccer from an American point of view. We're fans who try to be pundits. We're fandits. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Footy Ado and listen in wherever you get your podcasts. And pardon our French. And we're back from our break. So we're sitting down. We're talking about school, especially amidst COVID. What is... um. What's your parent interaction been like so far this year? Uh, we're kind of changing gears a little bit because I know, you, again, you said there's a lot of virtual aspects, mm-hmm. a lot of components to that. Um, parents are cooperative for the most part? Yes. We don't have to call them out. Yes. Unless you want to shame I mean, it's some very, people. <laughs> it's very <laughs> difficult to keep contact with them because it's like constant emails, constant, not texting, but there's an app where you can kind of text parents. Or like a Slack kind of a thing. Yeah, it's like Remind or whatever. Okay. Where it's like you can you can post announcements and it like sends out a text message to the parents' phones. Okay. So I'm not constantly blowing up their email. Well, I mean that's you know the courtesy for them too, but it'll yeah. make it makes it a little easier for you, I'd imagine. Yes. Yeah. I mean it's difficult to contact and keep in contact with some of them, but so it makes it a little challenging. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying not to be like. Yeah, I understand. And, um, you know, it's it's really, it's got to be hur- a hurdle to jump through for a lot of these parents too who are at home who might not be as familiarized with um, with yes. the tech end of things. You guys use Zoom? No, we're not allowed to because of security, security purposes. security reasons? Now, yeah, I heard they were doing some real weird stuff there. Yes. They would have like people <laughs> randomly join in on the Zoom meetings and there was like a bunch of videos that were posted everywhere. Yeah, there were some inappropriate things yes. that hackers were getting into these yes. kids, these children's Zoom meetings yes. and playing playing in front of 40 kids or whatever number it is. But I, that's something that like you see on the news now. Yeah. Like every couple of weeks you'll see like, like I, my dad watches New York news and you'll see... Uh, you know, like the mayor's office is investigating a uh, potential data breach in a Zoom meeting at PS 187 in uh, the Bronx like... or whatever the situation is, because it's some kind of ridiculous, silly. Well, it's not silly if it's inappropriate for these young, young kids. Mm-hmm. But but why? Why do it? I mean, the college kids, I get it because it's like college kids, kids who are friends with one another. And I think it's funny to do that kind of stuff. I think college like kids messing. are having a field day with this. Yes. I think, um, you know. College kids are, it's the, it has to be the easiest semester of their lives because you can literally sit at home and suck a beer down, pause your Zoom, Zoom ta- tab, walk away, make a sandwich, get up. You can have an AirPod in listening the whole time if you really wanted to or not. Mm-hmm. Um, you could even set your Zoom background as a picture of yourself and then p- p- play, play video games the whole time. You don't have to do, see, that's the kind of, energy that yes. I like to put out into the world. I used to do so much work to get out of the work that if I had put the effort into doing the work in the first <laughs> place, I probably would have been a more Straight. well-rounded student. 
probably. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you still have that now, even with little kids. Like, you see them doing things while they're home, but you can't call them out on it because all the other kids who are in the Zoom meeting are going to be staring at whoever this child is that's right. doing something that they're not supposed to be doing. How many, like, cats and dogs and pets are floating around in the background? Oh, a ton of them. A ton, right? A ton. That's so, and I've been that's asked, so funny, can you though. show your cat? Can you show your cat? Please, we want to see her. So it's constant. I mean, karma's a cute cat. Yes. So, And you showed them a picture at yes. the beginning of the year, you told yes. me. Yes. But you have the kids who are, like, showing stuffed animals as I'm teaching. Or you have the kids who are doing cartwheels in the background. That's a real, that's a real, um, it's a real wild component now. Yes. Of what education is. Because when kids came to school, you know, they packed whatever was in their backpack. If they brought a toy mm-hmm. with them to school, it wasn't like they had 500 other, other mm-hmm. ones, you know, sitting three feet away from them. Now I mean, they do. Yeah. Now I have where one student brought in his toys and you couldn't tell him, yeah, I had to tell this student that. They weren't allowed to use their toys because then other kids would want to play with them and they're not allowed right. to share. And, and everything has to be sanitized yes. and you can't do, you just simply can't. No. Now, as far as like the sanitizing and, and the um, the six feet apart deal, that's going on? Yes. And what so, about like airflow? Tell me about that too. So we're not, allowed, we're not allowed to use the air conditioning in the classroom because apparently the, there's like a specific... It's a HEPA filter, right? Yeah, there's like a specific unit you're supposed to use. Okay. So that the viruses don't live, don't really know the, know exact, the, the exact details. And details but you know about you need it. that machine to be in the window and it's not. Yes. And okay. we're not allowed to have any air conditioning. You have like. So it's just open the windows or close the windows. Okay. That's it. What are they telling you about the upcoming winter time here? We take it every month at a time. Okay. <laughs> just kind of play it as we go. Now, do so, you, um, I fully anticipate, and this is a personal opinion of my own, I'm not versed in this myself from seeing it, but I feel like when the winter rolls around here, things are going to become more precarious as far as having students in those buildings each and every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I assume that there's a contingency plan for something like that, or is, it, mean, or is it literally just kind of like everyone is evaluating on yes. a weekly, monthly basis yes. until a decision is made from the Board of Education or from the governor. Yeah, exactly. That's how they're pretty much going about it. How uncomfortable is that? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they've told us, too, that in specific schools, if it gets too hot and since we don't have air conditioning, they could call it where they tell us just be virtual for that day. So So it's constantly... Almost like a a snow day. Yes. But in, you know... But you still have to teach and learn. Right, but just from home. Yes. So it's constantly like you have to bring all your stuff home every day as a teacher. Because if you're going to end up teaching at home the next day, you have no idea. You need all your stuff. What, or if, do, like... Do you think this is the death of the traditional snow day? <laughs> Even when things go back to normal, will kids ever get uh, a snow day off? I don't think so. You don't think so? They're no. just going to be expected to have that virtual component? Yes. I'm not even sure, like, when things won't be virtual anymore. You think it's going to always be virtual? I mean, I feel like that might be an option for a while for parents to choose if they want their child to go to school or be virtual. I agree. I do. I think. I think that is. I think a lot of um, parents are going to choose to homeschool kids moving into the future as well, depending on, you know, a, a number of factors. You know, my personal feeling, but I, I feel that virtual is a very convenient option for the working modern household where both parents are at work, working full time jobs. They have to have a dual income home, especially if you have children. These kids, you know, you're going to risk them getting sick. God forbid a parent doesn't have insurance. God forbid a parent is, you know, low income or 
maybe they don't have the facilities to put a kid through the hospital, God forbid, mm-hmm. you know, if COVID does, you know, infect their child. Yes. So it's, you know, it's definitely something that is, uh, can be a tool. Mm-hmm. Do you think this, this kind of forced integration in education and technology just kind of shines the light on the future more for what, like, you're a first year teacher. Do you, you know, like, you're, what is your expectation five years from now? Like, what do you expect to be, how do you expect to be teaching people? I mean, this people? is, this is not how I was expecting it at all. Oh, I don't think anybody thought get- it was going to be as, <laughs> as precarious <laughs> as it is now. To get out of college and be told one way to teach and then it be flipped where it's like you have to teach completely the opposite direction. What a dichotomy that is because it's like, okay, for, for four and a half years, we're going to teach you. Mm-hmm how to teach in a traditional education setting and oh don't worry the last year as soon as you graduate we're going to do a whole new thing mm-hmm. yeah yeah no not great because they taught you to do like a certain amount of technology and a certain amount of in class and then a lot of the stuff is like social learning where students learn from one another but you can't even do that now because they can't even right. be near each other now this was the question i wanted to remember i wanted to remember earlier that i wanted to ask you how do you feel the virtual learning affects social s- students' social behavior. <laughs> because I'm a big, big, dark, stormy cloud guy when it comes <laughs> to school affecting social behavior because of what I saw when I was in school, where I didn't I didn't learn virtually, but I went to small schools with small classroom sizes, you know, that were fundamentally based in religious principles. And there's nothing wrong with that. If that's mm-hmm. how you want your child to learn, I think that's great. But um, I do feel, as someone who's been through that system, that I'm qualified to talk about it a little bit, and that my opinion of it's not good for social growth matters. And and I think it really comes down to each individual child on how social they're going to be. You know, there's kids that are born with sass in their pants right from day (laughs) one, and there's some other kids who, there's other kids who just. You know they're they're a little quieter. Mm-hmm. It takes more to pull them out of their shell and, and for mm-hmm. social. But those kids, you know, when they're young, if they are shy like that and they aren't as outgoing, you know, it's important that kids have that element in their lives where they can express themselves and talk to their talk to friends, make friends, because that's the way of the whole world. Once you get into the mm-hmm. adult life, um, what do you? What is your feeling on the virtual affecting that? Um, well, the district that I worked in. They use morning meetings every morning to kind of tie the whole class together, okay. and it's done virtually, so they have to greet each other through the camera, which is kind of tough. But So they do a greeting, and then they share some stuff, whether it's like, what's your birthday? What makes you feel happy? What's your favorite thing to do? And then we kind of do an activity as a class. So I feel like the social aspect is difficult, but because of that morning meeting that the district does, I feel like that ties the kids together socially because they're more like excited about that. And it makes them be able to see different kids in the class. Like for the kids who are virtual and who are only at home, they can see whoever's in the classroom. Right, they still feel like they're a part of the whole group. Yes. Right. If we didn't have the morning meeting, though, I feel like the social aspect would be totally out of the window. Because so it's there, those seven kids who are seeing each other every day, and that's it. So it's not like the social aspect of school is disappearing. No. It seems like it's just evolving through mm-hmm. technology. Now, for me, if I was a kid, I wouldn't be comfortable with that. I'd still want to go into school and, you know, you know, give my friends high fives and hang out yes. outside and play football. And, and I think that's the part of the social uh, growth that would be concerning to me if I was a parent of a kid. 
Yes. You know, especially if I think for kids who are getting a little older, um, what are these kids who are in like seventh, eighth grade going into their high school years doing when you have a high school now? High school is like the time you're the most social mm -hmm. I, I, in your career as a student. And, you know, if if you're not like able to hang out with your friends or talk to guys or talk to girls, I feel like that's a big um, that that can be that can be a tough thing moving forward if you don't get those opportunities to socialize with uh, other young people, mm -hmm. you know, and learn lessons about life in school that, you know, aren't taught out of a, out of a textbook somewhere. Yes. On how to treat other people and how to have conversations and how to talk appropriately. And that's like, so you were talking about football. Right. So it made me think of recess. Right. So recess is another challenge because the kids only have 20 minutes to be outside and when you go out with them for recess, you have to think of games where they're six feet apart from each other. They're not allowed to touch each other. They can't share the same ball. So it's either you got a couple choices where you could just play red light, green light, Simon Says. Imagine getting a group of older kids playing Simon Says. Can't see it. <laughs> can't see it. Contact, I feel like in high school, like all the, all the sports are essentially contact sports, quote mm -hmm. unquote. I mean, obviously football is a high intensity contact sport, but even basketball. Mm -hmm. Like you're boxing out, you're touching somebody skin on skin. Volleyball, you're bumping into your into your teammate skin on skin, whatever it is. And I feel like, you know, even baseball, somebody, you know, throws down to second base, tries to tag you out, they touch you with their arm, you touch them, you're sweating. You're all sharing the same ball. Right. You're oh, touching the right. same ball. Perfect. That's a perfect yes. example. Well, that's like, so we have a basketball court where the kids rotate every day. Each teacher rotates to a different spot. So we have a basketball court where the kids can play but they can't play basketball. So we have to play something else in the basketball court. And then the poor kids are looking at the basketball. Like, why can't I play basketball? Right. And, and that's, and that's got to suck. Yeah. Especially for kids who really love athletics and really love sports. And I feel like that's something that we've seen on a national level um, with college kids who are petitioning, you know, the, the, the health officials in their areas uh, to play collegiate football or collegiate basketball because this is their like final shakedown at trying mm -hmm. to trying to make it to the big leagues and COVID might take that away from them. You know, I'm not saying kids that are into athletics at big schools don't go to class and don't get an education, but let me tell you, it's going to be a lot harder for them to leave school with their degree and understand the information because they've devoted a lot more time to their athletic pursuits mm -hmm. because that is what they expect their career to be or at least part of their career a big part of their career to be. So I feel like there's definitely, I, I definitely sympathize with people who uh, are missing out on those experiences. Um, yes. Tough, tough times. <laughs> you know? I don't know. I was saying to you, like the first day of school, I can't imagine being a little kid going to school, wearing a mask and seeing my teacher wearing a mask and walking into the room and being like, oh yeah, this is normal. This is absolutely normal. That's gotta be terrifying to see your teacher and having half of their face covered when you're only first, second, third grade. Right. What was or that? preschool. Now, they told you when you started this year that you all had to waste, wear wear face coverings the mm -hmm. whole day? The only time that they don't have to is when they're eating snack. Do they do they like to pull up the face coverings and stuff, or are they pretty behaved when it comes to they're that? They're good because they're older, but they sometimes forget, like, when they finish eating their snack, I have to put my face mask back on. Right. So they're kind of taking it off, and they're getting yes. that moment to breathe, and they're eating, and they're like, oh, Timmy, yes. Tommy, let's go. And <laughs> it, the thing's still hanging around their chin. Yeah, or they'll be like, oh, my gosh, it's so hot, and they feel like they can't breathe because it's no air conditioning. And then they have a face mask covering their face. And then when they go out to the gym, 
and run around a ton and then come back inside to a room that has no AC again and then wearing a face mask. It's not the easiest situation. Yeah, and I can't imagine being a being a young young kid like that. You know, I worked I worked customer service outside for a while during COVID and I had to wear a face mask. It was 80 degrees outside. Mm-hmm. Wearing a face mask for 8 hours a day wasn't, you know, you do it because it's necessary, but it's mm-hmm. not comfortable. No. And I, you know, but how can you if you're a little kid with the attention span of a goldfish sometimes, you know, you're you're in a, you're in a hot room with yes. all your with all your pals trying to like you know, kids, you're taking away the element of like kids like whispering across the classroom. You yeah, can't no. hear, <laughs> you can't hear anybody talk through no. a mask at a whisper anymore. I feel like I'm yelling when I teach. I feel like I have to yell. Like we went and got bagels this morning, and I felt like I had to shout <laughs> to, at this poor girl behind the, uh, the glass. behind the glass. Because not only are you, you're wearing a mask, she's wearing a mask, and then there's now a pane of glass or plexiglass between you and the other person. Mm-hmm. Audio. Where I'm an audio. I know about audio. Right. Come on. <laughs> Uh, sure. It just doesn't, it doesn't work. It doesn't no. really, it, you know, it's a challenge for sure. Mm-hmm. And I feel like for little kids, it, it's got to be tough. That's like when I was going to school for preschool, I couldn't imagine being a little preschooler first year in school and you walk in and all your kids have like these masks on. The teacher has a mask on. You can't touch the kid. If the kid falls and like scrapes their knee or whatever, you can't pick up little Johnny and say, it's okay and give them a hug. Right. And you got to be careful with cleaning their bandage and putting everything on their foot, cleaning them up. Can't send kids down to the nurse just because they scrape their foot or whatever. Right, because, God forbid, there's someone down there with, with COVID, COVID or they come into contact with something mm-hmm. during their trip. It becomes a problem. So it's constantly, oh, my head hurts. Oh, well, sorry, I can't send you to the nurse. We're going to keep an eye on that. Right, we're going to shake your temperature and yeah. see what happens. Mm-hmm. A lot of kids I know when I was in school would have been you very see, upset yes. by not getting sent to the nurse. Yeah. I, there were kids that got sent to the nurse six times a day because they didn't <laughs> want to sit in class. Oh, my stomach hurts. My oh, stomach. my this hurts. Oh, my that hurts. Oh. Hey, can't pull that one anymore. No, can't sneak away. You can't go in any other room besides the classroom. That's another thing, too. So they, they're isolated to the room all day. Yes. They go outside, obviously. Yes. Though, right, like you were saying. But you're only allowed to use the same doors. Every grade is devoted to a certain door. You can't leave your room. The only time you're leaving your room is to go to the bathroom. One kid per bathroom. Like, only one kid is allowed at a time. There's four stalls in the bathroom, but you can only have one at a time. And then outside is where I let them take their masks off, but they have to be six feet from each other. And they're allowed to do that, though. Yes. Yeah. Because I can't imagine seeing kids running around outside, you know, whatever, even if they're running in a circle all for 45 minutes. tiring. You know, like, (laughs) with the mask on, I mean, if you're outside and you're away from people, Mm -hmm. you know, we know that, that... the governor has told us good exercise during mm-hmm. the time like this is of utmost importance. So it's mm-hmm. good that kids are getting out and running around and that they're able to breathe fresh air in and that they can have that time to kind of take the mask off and feel a little normal and then mm-hmm. kind of go back Put inside back and do what they got to do. And then go into the non-AC room and sweat their bottoms off. <laughs> I was I told a story um, I told a story when I did the episode with Matt, and I'll tell it really quick before we go to our, our second break. Um when I was in high school and in middle school, just the whole time I was in school, I was always a big kid and I always had to wear a uniform, khaki, long pants all year, summertime, wintertime, the whole shebang. And then in the, you'd wear a polo shirt or a shirt and tie um, to class every day. So if you, you know, if you ran out of your polo shirts or something or you ran out of your, your white shirts, you were always like wearing something that was clenching your neck but I remember sweating so much in school during the summertime there was no air conditioning in my school before it was fashionable to not have (laughs) air conditioning Um, 
I would literally have to bring a towel with me and lay it over the seat of the car that I drove with the other kids in because we carpooled from here mm-hmm. um, because I would be so wet by the end of the day. And I wore undershirts and I wore, you know, I'd change my, I'd bring extra polos to school and it still wouldn't make a difference. Mm-hmm. So I feel like, you know, as, a, as like a seventh or eighth grader when I was experiencing that, what a nightmare as a third grader it must be yeah, no. to uh, have to deal with to something To run like around that. like a lunatic and then be like, oh, I got to go back inside, put my mask on. Right. And it's not like you get the relief of the no. air conditioning when you walk inside. It's just as hot and you're mm-hmm. sticking to the desk. And I feel like in that regard, it, it, you know, that's kind of... Sweat pouring, the red face. Can I take my mask off? <laughs> yeah. That's what I constantly get. A little, a little toasty. <laughs> All right. Well, we've we've gotten to the forty minute mark, so I think we're gonna take a break, and we'll be right back. It's Boonettlin. Hey, uh, this is Cuda Bantha, and uh, we're talking about uh, the movie. You wake up tomorrow, you log on Twitter, it's retweeted. Who retweeted it? I don't know. Maybe it was Laura Lenny. What's it say? Seen it's back. Did Laura Lenny tweet about seen it coming back? No. Cue the banter, a podcast about movies and television from Ilto 8 Productions. And we are back from our final break. We're here talking about education, teaching, and the state <laughs> of the state of the, the young ones, the future of America's education in the times of COVID. That's terrifying. So in the break, we kind of talked about um, what they're doing for lunches and buses and stuff like that with social distancing. And I think it's interesting because um, there are a lot of critics of the mm-hmm. way things are being done right now. And that's why I felt it was important to have you come on the show and, you know, you know, from a firsthand perspective, yes. discuss what your experience is. So tell me a little bit about what these lunches are doing and the, and the busing. Because I've seen, yes. before you start, I was driving down Lacey Road the other day and... Um, it looks funny. What? It looks funny when you see the buses. Well, I saw these little kids <laughs> getting on, getting off the bus, and the bus driver, you know, jumps out of the bus, and they're pew pew. They're like, temp checking them as they get onto the bus, and then like at the bottom of the steps and at the top of the steps. Mm-hmm. Just the, the bus driver checks, and then the person at the school who's dropping them off onto yes. the bus checks. And I was like sitting there for like ten minutes, and I was like, Jesus yeah. Christ, they're all fine. Get them in the bus. But at the same time, you know, yeah, you have to be, you have to air on the side of extreme mm-hmm. caution. But we so, have 30 minutes in the morning just devoted to time, temperature check. So getting the kids off the bus. There's a temperature team. There's okay. literally just teachers who are a temperature team where they stand outside. Kim, kid comes off the bus, check the temperature. Okay, you're good. Go inside. And they're ready to go Yeah. after that. Unless it's 100, then they get sent directly to the nurse. Parent gets called, and they get sent home. That's really... I mean, that's really the only way you can do it if you're going to have mm-hmm. kids come to school. And what are, their, what are their lunches like? So they're not allowed to have lunch in school. And they have to order in the morning, but they get to take, it's like called grab-and-go lunch. Okay. So right before the kids get on the bus, they have to literally grab their lunches that they ordered and take it home to eat lunch at home. Okay. Because the days are shortened. Well, to keep I was just going to ask you that. What yes. is your, what is your, um, your average, like, quote-unquote office hours now at the school? So usually the day goes to 3.30, but now we're only there until 1.30. That's kids interesting. Kids are on the bus at like leaving at 1.30. Now those kids are still expected to go home and accomplish yes. educational pursuits. Yes. I mean, they're supposed to finish whatever they didn't finish in class because it's constant right. moving. The schedule is so short that I'm constantly pushing the kids. Okay, we just did math. Now i got to do this. Okay, we like, just did that. I feel like the comparison of like, I like using this comparison a lot. <laughs> um, 
there, well, two comparisons I like using a lot. This one is my second favorite comparison. Like the game on the street, you, you see like uh, the tricksters in oh, the city yes. play where they have the three cups with the ball underneath of it or the die underneath of it and they'll just switch and switch and switch and switch and I feel like that's kind of what, mm-hmm. what the experience can become like for somebody like you who's got, you know, like you said, the three different teams and yes. then you have a team at home who's just at home yes. and it's like, okay, here's uh, a group of 10, you know, Sally, Jimmy, Tommy, you know, Jane and, and Jill, okay, they're gone today and and, and Susie, Mike, uh, and, and Greg and, and whoever else are in the next group. Mm-hmm. And then it's just a constant rotation, rotation, rotation. That's got to be... Trying to remember all the personalities, what needs to be done on that day to meet right. those kids' needs and switching. And then you have to, you have janitorial folks who are coming in and having to sanitize these yes. rooms and everybody because the same kids aren't sitting at the same yes. desks every day. Well, at least... So the desk situation, there's two desks next to each other. One of them is Team 1 and one of them is Team 2 because they're obviously not going to be sitting each other next to each other at the same time. Okay, so it's not the same Because they're different desks. days. They're just paired together. Yes. So there's a pair, and one's team one, one's team two, and then all of the all of the desks are six, like, you know, like, this little squares on the bottom of the floors uh-huh. of the schools? Yes, the tiles. So it's considered, like, a foot. Okay. So it's six feet. So six tiles between each desk. It's, it's six feet. For I mean, each that's, team. That's pretty accurate, though. I mean... Yeah. I mean, a 12 by 12 tile. Yeah. You know, can't go wrong, right? That's even, like, the one thing I forgot to say is papers. I was just explaining that to you yesterday, remember? Yes, you were. So if I hand a child a piece of paper, it has to sit for 24 hours before they actually take the paper. So meaning I would have to set the paper on their desks that they're going to work on for the next day. Before I leave on, let's say, Monday, I have to set the papers for Tuesday on the students' desks because it has to sit for 24 hours before they can touch it. So that's a lot of prep work for you. (laughs) Yes. Do you literally put the papers on the desk or do you have like some kind of like in-classroom mail system where you'll put it in like a folder and they'll go get their folder the next no, day. because because the, you can only have one student up at a time. So there's like oh. no traffic in the room. So they can't all come in at once no. and hang their backpacks up next to each other and they go to their They can't even hang backpacks. Wow, so they no. have to... Oh, I remember you telling yes. me that you had to buy hooks. I bought hooks for their desk because they're not allowed to use cubbies or hooks in the classroom. They're not allowed... To, so they basically walk in every morning and they take their backpack and put it on the back of their chair. So they're kind of in a bubble. Yes. Where it's like, okay, this is your this is your you area. You sit down and you that's stay it. In it. Do they change their shoes for recess and for gym class? No. Do they have gym class? Yes. Yes. I tell them though, you have to wear sneakers on Monday, Thursday, or whatever days it is. They're not allowed to change shoes, like bring shoes in or whatever. And it's weird too, telling parents like I've told parents, bring an extra mask, because if one gets dirty, you have to use another one because you right. need to wear a mask. Does the school, I imagine the school provides some kind of those disposable masks too. God forbid somebody doesn't have one. I mean, that just makes, that just makes sense. But, um, what, what, a what is the precaution that you put in for yourself every day? You go home and you shower, like, right? You go oh, home yes. and you. Yes. Yeah. I go home and right away I take a shower and throw my clothes in, in my in laundry basket. So it's kind of like what was going Disinfecting on yourself. <laughs> during the quarantine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when people were working like in, in essential fields. Mm-hmm. Do you feel essential? I think you're essential. Maybe. But I do don't you know. feel essential like in the moment? Because um, I remember when I pumped gas, I didn't feel very essential. I don't know. Sometimes no. For the kids at home, no, because I feel like I'm barely, I know this is terrible to say, but sometimes I feel like I'm barely teaching them. Like, how can you teach a kid through a camera? Right. It's, it's more difficult. It's very difficult. Right. But you've had you've had positive feedback though from yes. those kids and parents, yes. and from parents based on the you know the level of yes. dedication that you put in, and I've seen that firsthand. Where at ten o'clock, where at, 10 o'clock at night, yeah. you're emailing a, a, a 
parent. parent back. And sometimes these parents, you know, are bilingual and, and they need a little help or you need a little help from them. Mm-hmm. And it's, and it's, uh, there are other, you know, factors there. Are, yeah. There are a lot of factors I think that people don't think about Yes, that, you know, all kind of come together in these situations. And, you know, for the, for the number of kids in schools and at least in New Jersey, cause I want to keep this like a Jersey centric mm-hmm. theme because I really don't know what's happening in New York or in Delaware or in Pennsylvania. And, uh, you know, I hope all those schools and school districts are doing well, but frankly, um, it's, 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 it's for them to be concerned with and, and for me to look on from it's afar to concern it, with New Jersey. Right. We have, we have a ton of concern here based on the number of young people that are coming in and out of schools. And I, you know, obviously we, you wish everybody the best in, in the ways that they're trying to, you know, educate their young people, um, this year and in the future. But, uh, do you feel like it's working overall so far? Um, based on where they were in when COVID came out in the spring semester last year, do you think it worked? All of the all of the precautions are kind of coming together. I mean, where they are now makes more sense than where they ended in what March. Right. Right. Yeah. March was basically like pack up your desks, you're staying home for the rest of the school year. Right. Whereas this is like okay. You can choose between being in this classroom or a virtual, which makes more sense than just kind of sending them off and having them go home and right. do whatever. And do nothing. Yeah. Essentially. And oh, then well, like I'm having a, an education gap for those kids. Right. So you feel like the the, the steps that the were system. made over the summertime, you know, the Board of Ed kind of, well, the Board of Ed, the State Department of Education kind of yes. got it right. Yes. And I think, I think it's hard to say they didn't get it right because we've never had to deal with something like this no. before. I mean, for the circumstances, I feel like it's the best that it could be for right now. If Do you feel like the quality of the education is changing? Or do you think kids are still absorbing as much as they would in the classroom normally? I mean, I feel like technology helps a little bit with them learning because think about how much time they spend in front of a computer or a TV where there's so much simulation going on. So now with the computer there and the technology there, it's kind of filling that the gap. Yeah. yeah. So instead of a teacher just standing there and being like two plus two is right. That was never a way that I learned either. I remember when I was in a math class in um, elementary school, grade school, whatever it was. um, I did it the whole time I was in school. Uh, I had the same teacher since from like, from like seventh, eighth, ninth, 10th, 11th, 12th grade, same math teacher, the whole, almost the whole time. And uh, my favorite thing to do, and she lives right down the road from here. It's hilarious. She drove me to summer school many years for math. Um, a great, great person. Um, I would try to finagle her into giving me the answers while we were doing the test. So I would, I'd play uh, 120 questions on one, on each problem and she, on a 10 question quiz. Uh, yeah, Mrs. Blauk, I don't understand. Um, why do I, what do I need to do with this? Well, Sal, you're solving for this. Well, I, okay, yeah, I know that, but what do I need to do with this part of this part of the equation that I'm put? Sally can't give you the answer. <laughs> but no, I'm not asking for the answer. Sally can't tell you how to do it. But I'm not asking you how to. You are. Just do it. <laughs> and and I was that kid who it's like and the I, Nike. I'd be like, no, 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 come back. I don't know how. To, and then I would just write something down because I didn't know, and then I'd end up in summer school. I mean, I've gotten those. I don't know. <laughs> Nightmare. They're fun. They're fun. Nightmare. They're fun responses. Well, if it makes you feel better, I know you were very good in math. Not being good at math, and um, this isn't like a boo-hoo moment, but it's like not being good at math specifically and being in a classroom with kids that understand it, 
um, the left behind factor. Yes. You, it's not, you know, they talk about like no child left behind. That was like the mantra for mm -hmm. the state's education for a long time. And, um, it still is, I think. But yes, they teach you that in college. Though. You you do feel like you are just slowly slipping away because math, especially, um, I feel like in sciences and in history and you in social studies, you can learn different sets of information based on memorization. But in math, if you're not understanding the core principles of a particular lesson in algebra, you're not going to learn the next set of core principles for the next. Uh, lesson of algebra. Mm -hmm. And those things are all, it's like a building. So if you're not like, in on the ground floor, you're not in. Yeah. And if you're, you know, and if you're, your eyes kind of roll back in your head and you don't realize what's going on for a month and the teacher, you know, you're not taking the time to stay after school. When I went to school, I got out of school at 3.15, our final bell rang. And I lived a half an hour from home. So if I got out of school at 3.15 in the car, I wasn't home till almost four o'clock every day. And by four o'clock, you know, you're eating dinner, you're doing homework, you're going to bed. And, I would stay after till five or six o'clock some nights trying to get this math right, and I would still mm -hmm. end up not really. That brings me back terrors of my father. I would never get math. it. <laughs> well, the problem is that who's teaching the math, in my opinion. She was a great teacher. I'll never discount her ability well, to Well, no, teach. but I mean, like, you can't use one approach to teaching math. Well, math is one of those things that you can't just teach out of a book and say that two plus two is four because it's four. Right. There's a lot of... And, like, even when we... She was... um. She was more open to if you could figure it out using a way that she didn't teach in class, yes. it, it was works. fine, but you, but she wanted you to show her mm -hmm. how you were doing it differently. Mm -hmm. And for me, that wasn't really an issue because um, I was never the innovative mathematician, but what I did try to latch onto was um, using the calculator. And that was something that I used my junior and senior year in high school, and it helped. And then my, uh, my time at OCC, I had this... Uh, Oh, I'm going to be nice. She was a very hard-nosed woman who taught at the community college, and I had to take algebra. I had a very nice teacher who was a teacher from Southern. Um, can't remember his name. Started with a K. Great guy. Pumped his gas a bunch. Um, <laughs> and they had to two totally different teaching styles, but I, would, I used to sneak my iPod in and take oh. pictures of the math problems. And then, like the the app that I used would give me the answer and show me the work. Yeah, I was a real I was a real trickster. I wasn't a great. Oh, I, I really I, hope I'm, my students are listening. I, I, have a, <laughs> I have a communications degree, so I mean, I deliberately took an arts field because I didn't want to to do math. Do the math, and I still ended up taking algebra in college. But I did great in college. That was kind of like where the where I broke through was in college. Um, my sophomore year at in college was my second year at Stockton. I don't remember, but I had to take, I had to take math and I got an A in math that year. So you have to teach it like in a fun way. Uh, yeah. Math it was a little, I puzzles. had a good, I had some good, um, local neighbors in my classroom. Not that I like took their answers, but we all kind of used to collaborate. Yeah. We used to convene together and kind of answer each other's questions. And it was a nice, um, kind of experience. And it mm -hmm. stopped and it was cool because some of the kids were older. Like the one kid I hung out with in, in the math class. Um, you know, I was like, I was like, 20 and he was like 26 he was like an older guy he was just getting back to school from like he was a veteran or whatever the situation was there and he was like super cool about it and he was like yeah i get it dude i don't know how to do this either but he was you know it's it's a collaboration effort and i feel like that collaborative effort in education now you know it can be in jeopardy because of the way that uh yes. the virtual kind of thing is working but it's not going to be forever yeah i don't know i'm a big like social 
theory a social learner? teacher. Okay, I like where that. Where social theory is that students learn best when they're learning from one another. So, I think that's the I way mean, most people learn in life. Yes. But, like, I used to love having kids work in groups to kind of figure things out together. But now you can't, you can't right. do that. When I say collaborative effort, I don't mean that you're cheating off of each no. other. That is not what I want to insinuate. No. Well, there's collaboration in small group. Like, when you're teaching, there is value there's whole to group, that. and then there's small group where the kids kind of collaborate and right. bounce ideas off each other and right. figure things out. I don't, I don't wanna, know, but I that's not... No. anybody. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then, what about... What are they doing for kids? This will be my, my last question for you, because I'm kind of just rapid fire. I was going to say something, and I forgot oh, what I was going to tell you. I'm sorry. I don't remember what it is. Well, I know oh, you, I know what it oh, is. Go ahead. So, you know, like, I, th- I think I was telling you this before, how you, because it's kind of social and collaboration, how you teach kids sharing is caring. Sure. <laughs> now it's like, nope, don't share that. Nope, don't touch that. <laughs> like, it's very nice of you that you want to pick Great. up Johnny's pencils, but you can't touch them. Or, oh, you touched his pencil. I need to go get a sanitizing wipe. Right. So that's, it's a nightmare. That's kind of tough, because especially. Tell kids, no, like, don't share that. Don't help each other. Little kids are so innocent, too. They want to help their friends, and they want to be nice to each other before they, you know... Become monsters. Yeah. (laughs) I know. Um, I thought of that because I felt terrible. I think I told you this story where one student dropped his pencil pouch, and everything just exploded everywhere, and everybody just wanted to run and help him. And I was like, no, no. Don't touch anything, please. (laughs) Now, I was going to ask you, in closing, Mm -hmm. um, I know you have background in special education, um... What is that from your, you have Olivia's home. Yes. She's, you know, going through that system at school now. What, uh, what have they been doing for kids who have special needs, who, you know, need a little extra, a little extra sauce in the classroom sometimes? See, I feel like that's so much harder. Um, so what's it called? They have one aid, I think, per student. Okay. I think. Not 100% sure on this. I know that they have to wear masks and the face guards, and they have to wear gloves, which that's terrifying to a child gloves, with special ed. to wear gloves. Mm-hmm. Well, not even that. They have the mask, and they have the shield. So, I mean, for Olivia, you know Olivia. That's scary. I do. Scary. Olivia doesn't like a lot Anything of things like sticking to her or tightly Mm-mm. wrapped near her. She doesn't, not mm-hmm. interested in that at all. And, like, it's difficult because You'll then be they have to have a glass in yeah. between them. So how do you not scare these kids? Right. And but like, they've all seemed like um, yes, they all seem like they're okay. Yes, from I mean, they've been doing good in Southern with okay. keeping the kids comfortable in the classroom. I feel like that's a big important thing, especially with as far as getting them into school too, where yes, social learning is a big component of um, especially their special special needs classrooms and special education. I remember I substituted in Southern's um, middle school special education classroom, and those kids. Love, 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 love talking to you. You're you're new in the classroom that day as a substitute. <laughs> they want to tell you all about their day. They want to tell you all about what they love. Mm-hmm. They want you to ask them questions. They want they love that social engagement. I think that's great, but I think it's it's got to be a little bit of a yes. um, it's got to be a little bit of a struggle this year. But between that and then you know they're very routined. Yes. Like Olivia's very routine. I know she is. So when everything closed on March. You remember how awful that was? Yeah, she was. It was less like her whole entire world crashed and yeah. crumbled. Well, because you're so used to. She's been in school how long? Oh my gosh! Because for uh, those who don't like know, special 12. needs kids when they're when they are in deemed appropriate in high school, you, they can stay till they're twenty. Years I think it depends old. on the school. 
Depends on so the school. So it's like the, your mom, I was explaining this to her yesterday. Okay. I called it 13th grade. Mm-hmm. Like if they get like an extra year in, as a senior. So they don't graduate when they're a senior. They get an extra grade, and then that's when they graduate. Okay. But that's only for, I know, Southern. I, I don't know any other school, schools. I saw Olivia's senior pictures today. She looked like she was, <laughs> she was mostly smiles in those pictures. So she, she, she got hit by a wind tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> She's still cute in it, but she looked like she got I hit think, by a wind tunnel. I think nothing could be more appropriate yeah. for her. <laughs> that's like even her getting onto the buses with the, I think I told you, the first, so the first day of school, she was getting ready to go onto a bus Obviously, some of the kids don't wear masks if they're special ed. Right. Like, it's, it's very difficult to get her to wear a mask. But for the bus driver and the bus driver's aide to come down the steps with a mask on their face and a clipboard and a little temperature gun. That's intimidating. She tried running away, not wanting to get on the bus, because that's scary. Right. She, she doesn't, doesn't know what's going on. Right. She did not, she's not cognizant of the fact that the pandemic is what it is. Yes. Right. Yeah. Right. But, okay. You know. So... Yeah. We talked about quite a bit, <laughs> and I'm glad that you decided to do this. Are you? Do you feel like this was hard for you to do this podcast? Yes. Do you feel like you're still nervous about it? Um, no, I don't know. You know, I'm quiet. And How was your for me overall, to not talk overall about. experience on the show? It was good. I mean, I feel like people should know more about what's going on in the school. I mean, it's not the same for every single school. No, sure, but but, but your but if if I'm telling if uh, no, I'm not telling if you're telling your unique story through this platform. Mm-hmm. If one out of every ten podcasts out there chooses to have a teacher on their podcast to tell their version of the story, mm-hmm. I feel like that's what's important. Yes. I, I always, every week when I do the show and I look for a guest, um, obviously scheduling is my number one concern <laughs> because I am I'm all over the place and I know guests are all over the place and people have lives and especially now with what's going on, people have maybe some added responsibilities, taking care of friends and family and you know, who's maybe getting exposed and who's whatever. They have, life is crazy. But I always remember what Luke Miller said to me, and you know Luke Miller. Mm-hmm. Um, Graduated with him. It's important that the podcasts happen mm-hmm. because it's important that people tell their stories. And I think even now that's even more important, you know, as we are going through some tumultuous times, you know, with COVID and just 2020 overall yes. has been um, less than ideal for mm-hmm. a lot of folks. So I think it's really important that people can um, can voice their opinions and get those things, you know, out in the air a little bit. And for people to, you know, maybe you're, maybe you had the ability today to change someone's opinion. That's who's, what I was going to say, yeah. Because yeah. at least, like, I know that it's not all school districts are the same, but it's similar. So hopefully if, like, a parent listened to this, they'd be less scared of their child going into the school because right. they know all the different precautions and stuff. Right. If that helps anyone. Because I don't want people to... Be scared of sending their child to school. Well, that, and and two, I feel like um, a lot of folks have been watching a lot of uh, TV. Mm -hmm. Watching a lot of news. There's a lot of schools shutting down. Right. I think the news is great. I think you get a lot of information from the news. If you watch the news, I think it's important that you you form your own opinion um, based on what you see and what you hear and what you actually experience. Um... Regarding the situation and make sure that you are, if something is important enough to you to look at it and and repeat it to someone else, make sure it's the truth. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we don't really fly by the, we're not a, we're not a credible news source, but, you know, we're giving you a story from someone's own personal experience here. Mm -hmm. So I feel like people can take your words 
and kind of move forward with, you know, oh, well, I know a teacher that's doing this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe the things you're doing can inspire a teacher somewhere else to mm-hmm. tighten up. I mean, now is like the best year for teachers to learn from one another. I would imagine. A lot of ideas bouncing back and right. forth. And that's something that you've experienced, too, with other first-year teachers mm-hmm. in your school, right? Mm-hmm. So there's two first-year teachers, well, yes, in the school that I'm in. Okay. And you guys all kind of like get together and, mm-hmm. and have like group discussions on what's working and what's not. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's so, I feel like that's so important. Yeah. You know, cause, cause not only now do you have the knowledge of what you do in the room, but you have the knowledge of two other people doing the yes. same thing their own way where you can kind of like yeah. cross over. Which well, and is that's great. also like, so I said two new teachers, but then I have the teachers who've been there for years and they sure. say that they are also now new teachers because of everything being different. How could you not? Be? Technically everyone's a new teacher this year. Right. In a sense. So. As we're coming into the end here, you did really great. I know you were nervous. Um, what I do with these, I know you're not like a regular listener. Rude. <laughs> I can't Rude. put that. I can't put that face in an audio medium, but I wish I could. <laughs> that could be your cover. She looks like she looks like angry. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it's an angry face. Um, what piece of advice would you like to impart to our audience? Um, whether it be about life or education or the times we live in uh, before we sign off uh, here today. (laughs) That's just whatever, you know. It doesn't have to be anything serious. Zach last week told everybody to go vote, which I think is important. That's my sign-off this week is people who want to get out there and be politically active, no matter what your your persuasion is, um, make sure you get out there and vote, uh, whether by mail-in or at your local polling station and be safe about it and... You know, this is, I mean, this is America. You should vote. <laughs> you should vote. I know a lot of people feel strongly, you know, about voting, and you got got to do it. It's one of our one of our rights. My, what is your What is your uh, Well, you're gonna know what I'm gonna say because you're one of the people who tell me all the time through is, personal experiences. My advice would be to not listen to what other people say and just kind of do what you want to do in life. That's my advice. I feel like that's a that's a, a very um, resounding theme. That we've had <laughs> and the guests uh, through personal experiences. Right, so through it's your, definitely an important thing to do. To to do what you want to do mm-hmm. and to be happy and to not listen to what other people say. I think that's a good yes. one. <laughs> Don't let other people's opinions influence your own mm-hmm. journey. Yes, that we're going on right now. If you did, you'd never be where you want to be. All right. Well. There you go. You're welcome. Stick to it. That's what, <laughs> that's that's the short version. I want to thank everybody for. Uh, for coming along for the ride today. I hope you were able to glean something. I know this was a little bit more of a um, a little more uh, serious note, I guess. Was it serious? Do you feel like it was I serious? I mean, I tried not to make it too serious. Okay. I don't know. Well, you're not like, you're like a right-brained kind of person, you know? You know, like the brains are different? Yeah. Like the right brain and the left brain? I always forget the difference between the two of them, though. Like the I one, should know this because I'm a psych major. Right, like one, the one side is like arts-based and the other side is like mathematics-based yes. and, and um, critical thinking-based. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like you're a real right brainer. You're a real like critical thinker, and I'm like a real <laughs> kind of guy, you know. Yeah. But maybe a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to thank everybody for coming along on the uh, on the trip with us today. Um, this isn't this is a podcast that is a production of Ilto Eight Podcast. Uh, make sure you go check out What Do You Do and Cue the Banter, uh, available on Spotify, Anchor. Apple Podcasts, all your favorite streaming platforms. Be sure to follow us at Banana Land Pod, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Um, we're trying to get some t-shirts put together for some of our more um, engaged fans. 
So if anyone is interested in having a long sleeve t-shirt for the winter, uh, this episode will air and I will be around for the remainder of the week, Thursday and Friday this week. If anybody wants to DM me uh, about what kind of shirt they want or what size they want, uh, I've posted some pictures on social media and I'll do that again. Uh, but I'm trying to order them by next week. So hopefully if you're interested, jump on board, represent the pod, have a nice, have a nice comfy shirt for yourself <laughs> for the winter time. But uh, thanks guys. See you next week. Okay. Bye. Thank you.